Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds, and, and Podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen. Happy New Year, Rob. Happy New Year, Rob. Hey, Happy New Year to you. Um, all right, things are going long. Just smooth and uh, what could possibly go wrong in a brand new year, hey? <laughs> <laughs> it has to be, has to be so, better than 2022. So. <laughs> so what are we expecting this year? So, well, first of all, let's talk about, um, you know, what we uh, what we saw last year. Um, basically, just to sum it up in a nutshell, is, um, you know, defensive names, uh, you know, took took the leadership. Uh, anything that didn't have earnings or or earnings were way off in the future or was having, you know, serious decline of uh, revenue or earnings or competition, um, anything that was, you know, sort of more discretionary, uh, definitely underperformed relative to the uh, defensive stocks. Uh, so it was it was a year that um, fundamentals did come back into play. And I think you remember us talking about that um, just mm-hmm. after the beginning of the of the new year when uh, I said, hey, uh, looks like they're buying all the uh, low PE multiples and selling all the high PE multiples. And that was really at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, so uh, that kind of persisted all year. I mean, you, there was there was names that you could have uh, stayed short, as, essentially, if you could live through the volatility, uh, because some of the rallies along through the year were quite powerful, too. Right. Like when you have a, a face ripper where you're up three, four percent in the day, the major index i mean it's pretty pretty substantial so um you know it's it's hard to sit through all of that even though looking back and be like why did you ever cover your shorts <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so um you know to to finish off the year um you know how did how did things end uh you know the nasdaq was the worst performer uh down 33.1% right uh-huh. uh, so uh, and the Dow was down just over eight percent. So quite a quite a spread there, quite a difference, which um, which leads me to some thoughts. So first we'll go through the seasonality of this week, and uh, now that now that we're doing this a, a bit later, um, the futures are open, uh, have been open for a while, and um, initially they opened up significantly. And then since then they pulled back a little bit and uh, bounced off the lows. So it, it uh, it'll be interesting to see where things are trading in the morning. But it did seem that uh, hey, it's a brand new year. Let's uh, let's party. And the future futures were up already significantly when they opened. Um, so uh, where are they right now? Well, the Dow Jones futures are up 48 points or 0.14. S and P's up. 4.5 points or 0.12%. NASDAQ is up 5.75 or 0.05%. And the Russell's up 8.6 or 0.49%. So it looks like uh, the Russell has the leadership at the moment. Um, and the VIX is up 0.10 or 0.44. So a little, little bit slightly defensive. Probably that started when we pulled back from our 
from our highs that the futures opened up. Um, looking at uh, energy, uh, crude is uh, trading down slightly. It was up on Friday. It was uh, quite a nice uh, day for the crude area. Um, and the metals, uh, we're seeing that uh, gold is up significant right now. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, more you know, after Dave's finished with some of the seasonality stuff. But um, gold is up 21 points now, or 1.15%. Uh, Silver is up 2.12%, or 0.51. Platinum up 1.79. Copper up 1.35%. And palladium down slightly. Copper uh, showing a little bit more appetite there for, um, you know, against the recession trade, a little bit more of uh, reopening um, and uh, especially with, you know, China coming back online more so. So, all right. Uh, give us a lay of the land for this week. We have a shortened week. It's compressed into four yeah. days. And yep. the first two days are still kind of Santa Claus rally, uh, potentially. Uh, that's it's, you know, the first two days of January are also part of that. So you never know if, if there's a bit of a risk appetite from that. Um, but this is an interesting uh, compression week of four days. So uh, and it ends in uh, uh, the first Friday of the month. So give us uh, the lay of the land here. Yeah. So first off, in January, the spider is expected to do plus 0.89%. And the that's Q's, for the whole month, right? For the whole that's month. The, and the Q is a little bit better at plus 0.2%. So that's the that's backdrop for the whole month. Yeah. But for the first trading day, the spider is expected to be minus 0.16. Q's pretty, pretty much break even, plus 0.01. Um, the Russell stocks, IWM, minus 0.40. So it's a little bit soft on that first day of the month. And with within that, the sectors that are expected to do better or worse, um, gold, GDXJ 3.75% and GDX 2.93, silver 1.36%. So these are the strongest uh, ETFs um, that to be longer. Also things like oil, the ARK-K funds, XLE, IBB, so a little bit of risk <clears throat> on there. And things to be shorter are XLU, which is minus 0.99%, IYR, which is real estate, minus 0.83, XLP, um, XLI. So there's a bit of a risk appetite, but it's the gold is and silver expected to do much stronger on that first day. And on the first Friday, which um, uh, it's a little bit better, the index spiders plus 0.38%, and the Qs plus 0.59%. So it's the first Friday is better than the first day, trading day of the month, and the sectors that are expected to, to do better are actually reversed. Um, gold is expected to be weak on that Friday, so gold stronger tomorrow the first day and weaker on the first Friday, and longer things that are risk-on. A lot of the ARC funds, ARC-KK, ARC, um, the W, the G, XOP, QQQ, XLK, um, Biotechs, XBI, IBB. So a lot more risk appetite on that first Friday of the month rather than the first day of the month. So that's in terms of seasonality. And uh, we have a couple economic reports trickling in too. A lot of it's centered around manufacturing data. So on Tuesday, we have the S&P U.S. Manufacturing PMI report. On Wednesday, there's the ISM Manufacturing Index report and also the FOMC minutes 
at 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Thursday, there's a little bit of uh, employment data, um, ADP employment report, and initial jobless claims. And then Friday, non-farm payrolls and unemployment rate and ISM services indexes. So some um, economic news in terms of manufacturing and employment you can be expected this week. Um, it doesn't appear to be anything major. And there are well, some, I mean, the, the minutes, uh, the, the Fed minutes on the, on Wednesday, that I could be a little bit of a wait and see, um, just because uh -huh. we like to kind of reanalyze uh, what was said and, you know, how much emphasis is on what words, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, Tuesday could be a bit of a wait and see uh, regarding those minutes, right? Yeah. And then on, um, there's some earnings trickling in, but the most notable ones are on Thursday the 5th. We've got Walgreens, Conagra, Constellation Brands. So some of the staple stocks and um, so no, no big tech earnings per se, but um, there are some earnings trickling in the back. So if you are trading symbols, check their earnings just to make sure. Um, so yeah, for the month, while we're on the ETFs there, um, you know, XLB for the month is supposed to be down minus 8.6, right? But yet gold is supposed to perform, um, you know, quite well. Uh, I think it was uh, GLD was 3.3% for the month. So that's an interesting situation when you have gold, which is part of the basic materials. <laughs> so what I what I would do with that trade is is kind of think about, you know, what are some of the gold components and i would look at um you know what's in the senior miners versus what's in the junior miners and stuff and it's and just remember people that uh you know it can be very different for the granularity of day to day to day to day so when we look at tomorrow and we say these you know this is what's expected versus looking at the whole month but there's a way to sort of position yourself that if something's expected to be really strong and you can get it at a discount one day. Um, you may, you know, you may want to be involved in some pair trades or some swing trades, you know, overnight uh, for an extended period, um, or just, uh, you know, look for a discount open and take it for the day potentially. So, um, it uh, it's interesting to me that, you know, the XLB is soft for the month. But gold is strong for the month, and yet gold is one of the basic materials. Mm -hmm. um, so I would position myself by finding some of the best candidates in that group to be long and, and short other things that are part of the basic materials. Basic materials is an interesting ETF anyway, because you've got packaging in there and you got some weird stuff, right? So it's like, pull it out, look at it, uh, and, and maybe you can make something happen. The other thing is the... Uh, utilities, uh, they're expected to be up 2.5% for the month. Um, and financials are supposed to actually be down 0.24%. Uh, so they're always um, one that I keep an eye on in terms of that syncopation, the opposition, financials strong, utilities weak, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, financials are supposed to be weak for the month and utilities very strong for the month. Um, and so you can do the same thing with, you know, like, for example, the Dow is supposed to be only up 0.23% for the month, but the Qs, as Dave mentioned, up 2%. Mm -hmm. 
So, and that's interesting because if technology gets a bite, if we get any risk on an appetite at all, you know, you already have your playbook. This is helping you with your playbook. The monthly backdrop and then any indication of risk on for a particular day, you kind of can trust it because people will, will scramble to participate, right? So what I what I one of the scenarios that I would run for for what could happen here is because the queues have been down 33% last year, we look for things that are distorted or completely discounted ahead of a seasonality window. So if our seasonality is saying that queues should perform well and they're coming into that window extremely discounted i would probably lean more towards that than i would the talking heads that disagree with it and what could happen this month is let's just say that we have a robust um mid-month seasonality okay maybe maybe this week is kind of rocky or whatever but maybe we get some traction mid-month because the way that generally usually goes is that um mid-month is more uh, is stronger um, and then um, third Friday is not too bad. And then the last trading day of the month um, is is a bit softer um, along with the, the last week. So, but what I could see happening is that maybe we get some traction in risk on, and then we get this situation where everybody thinks that they're going to miss the party and they really buy. And you get this FOMO. And then you go into February. And all of a sudden, it's like the uh, after everybody's rebought stuff. We've had the tax loss selling guys; they've rebought in January. Everybody else is kind of coming in, and they're buying. And, um, and we get this situation where everybody's, you know, fear of missing out. They finally buy, and then in February, it's like the rug gets pulled out again, and we go down to uh, to test our lows. Uh, maybe the uh, September or sorry, the uh, October low or the June low are two areas which I would focus on, or or worse. I mean, what are the ranges that some of you hear some of these analysts talking about? I mean, yeah, what is the range? 3,200 on the low end, um, as high as 4,800 on the high end from the end of next year. So it's a really broad range of... <clears throat> of well, and we could, you know, the funny thing is we could hit both. We could actually yeah. go down and then we could go back up too, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me. But which happens first? I, I would think that uh, at some point we're we're going to drop first. But it doesn't. People could be expecting it right away. They could be expecting, well, you know, start of the year is going to be just the same as we, what we had last year, and we're going to continue to sell off because there's so much bad news. And it could surprise you that we could have a, a rally here in. Uh, January. Mm -hmm. uh, so I say that from the seasonality. I say that from the tax loss selling and then the rebuy. And I say that from people scramble when they start to see the market heading back up from these discounted levels, they're going to maybe, you know, dust off some, uh, dust off that combination to their cash locker and, uh, and pull some cash out and put it in the market. It's possible. Um, 
And, you know, I mean, you still got still got a lot of institutional cash out there, too, because last year when the interest rates were going to rise, there was a lot of people taking money out of the market. There was a move to cash institutionally, maybe maybe on a retail level, people didn't know what to do and they sat in it too long or maybe they started buying the dip and they got caught and then they you know, lost a lot of their working capital. But that's not necessarily true on an institutional level where there's cash that has been parked and waiting for a buy opportunity. So um, keep that in mind as one of the scenarios. The scenario would be a rally mid-month, even towards the end of the month, even overriding the month-end seasonality, which is supposed to be a bit softer, but let's say it continued as a rally. And then in February, the rug gets pulled out. That wouldn't surprise me at all. February is a pretty robust normally month too. Normally, this is expected well, to be 1.08 percent for the month for spider. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more. It's supposed to be more than January. I'm just talking about if yeah. if we get instead of just 0.9 for the spy for January, let's say we do two percent, mm-hmm. or let's say with the maybe maybe the spy doesn't do as much as the Nasdaq. The Nasdaq's supposed to do two percent, right? But what if the Nasdaq does? you know, three or three and a half. Um, and so some of the stuff that would normally happen in February gets compressed into January. Yeah. Now we're just, we're just speculating, but, but the funny thing is, you know, what do we know? The market likes to factor in everything that it knows or can anticipate. It likes to surprise most of the people most of the time and prove most people wrong. Uh-huh. Um, and from a seasonality perspective, we like to to look for things that are at anomaly going into a seasonality window. Well, there's nothing better than the queues. If the queues are down 33% for the year and now coming into the new year and for the month of January, they're supposed to do 2%. Well, you know, that's that's exactly what we talk about. I mean, we can't we can't ignore the thing that we've talked about all the way through is look for discounts ahead of seasonal windows well there's one for you right i can't ignore it i have to run a scenario for it i have to allow for it so while i'm kind of more bearish as far as this year goes just my own kind of like i think there's a lot of stuff to deal with um this would be this would be the surprise that would catch me like i would be like leaning on the short side or kind of like more negative right on this and and this would be what would catch me as like a real ferocious rally uh-huh. <laughs> and so so what i'm what am i doing i'm preparing myself for anything to happen that you know it's okay no matter what the market wants to do and i'm not going to get caught right yeah so no i do think this year has a lot of surprises ahead um, I think there's many more things that have to work themselves out. We have we have civil unrest globally. We have regimes that could p- potentially be toppled. Uh, we have, you know, could be natural disasters again, more than we've seen before. Could be wars break out in more places. Could be, you know, um, we, we talk about gray swans. And what are gray swans? Gray swans are the things that we already can anticipate 
can consider, can assign a potential probability to, and they have a big impact even if they're low probability. So uh, an example would be, it's a low probability that a nuclear um, activity happens in the Ukraine. Okay, it's it's you may have heard about it, you may have thought about it, you may be questioning it, but it's still probably a low probability. But if it did happen, it would be a big event, right? Uh-huh. So the magnitude of it would be substantial. Um, you know, if um, North Korea does accidentally hit Japan. <laughs> you know, if they uh-huh. if they you know they send something into Seoul, you know South Korea, and they accidentally hit something, um, you know it could be a big event, right? Um, so these are these are the gray swans. Gray swans are things that we can think about. They're things we can factor in and say, you know, what would I do? How would I respond? What groups? What sectors would I press? Things like that. Um, so anyway, this this week here is uh, you know important in that they talk about how the first five trading days of January go. So goes the year. So there's a lot of pressure on these first five days, which four of them are in this week, and one of them is next week. Um, but again, I mean, just because they say that, just because they anticipate that, doesn't mean that's how it's going to work out. Uh-huh. It's just a lot of pressure, and we've got. Um, you know, analyst activity is a little bit more meaningful. I think analysts are listened to and given a little bit more weight or respect than they would maybe in February or March because it's the start of a year and we don't know. We're asking questions. We're looking to experts. And and that doesn't mean Dave and I are look, leaning on every word of the analyst. Um, it just means in general, people give a little bit more credence to what the analysts have to say. Right? Yeah. Um, energy, um, I'm looking at uh, oil as still something that could potentially rally. reason I say that is it depends on the U.S. dollar. It has been declining. It may decline further, which may, may lift metals more. I like the gold trade continuing. Um, I think that we saw last week some signs of it popping up and um and already the futures here at the start of the year are already up um so i'm giving gold plenty of room to to move to the upside i would also do that with oil european sanctions have gone in now so they're not going to be buying any more russian oil um we're talking about china you know coming back online as they've downgraded the Omicron to a common cold now and, uh, you know, get on with your lives. So there's more more opening up of, you know, the, uh, the economy again. Um, that means consumption could increase. We still have the recessionary implications, um, but I think there's enough to say that uh, crude could try to climb back up a bit. So I'll give it plenty of room. Um, what do you think about um, interest rates? Any comments there, Dave? I mean, what's the ten-year right now? Ten-year, we've got at uh, three. Let's see. Ten years at three point eight four six, right? So we had 
it was up to four and a half. It went down quite a bit, but it's been rallying right. recently. So it's somewhere in between that last three, four month range. <clears throat> right, right. And um, if that keeps ticking up, then it's going to put pressure on all that, that NASDAQ rally, right? So right. tech's right. going to be really tied to that. I mean, it's kind of hit a point now where it could kind of go either way um, from where it is at the moment. So, um, you know, how bonds and interest rates move from here is is a bit of a guessing game. But it, like we're not in an extreme. We've kind of settled in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, be interesting. Um, you know, one thing that we should look at is the, the, the trading ranges here. We have um, on the SPY and the diamonds and the IWM, we have a 10-day trading range. I want you guys to really set your levels for the high from the 10 days and the low from the 10 days. The Qs doesn't share that. It has a five-day high and low, but the this IWM SPY and diamonds have the 10-day high low. Set your, set your lines and really be uh, disciplined to that. If we're still within it, it's going to be a chop fest back and forth, one day up, one day down. If we can break outside of that, um, then it has some legs to move either direction. And the bottom, if we look at uh, going back on the monthly chart all the way back, um, we don't have any indication that in 2022 we really had a bottom because we don't have any volume spikes like we have had in the past. Um, to indicate at the bottom, you had a massive spike in 2020, 2018 as well in December. You had spikes all the way through, um, you know, going back to 2008, 2010, even 2011. All those years of bottoms, they had massive volume spikes, but we did not have that in 2022. So that could mean that the bottom's not yet in. I wouldn't be surprised if we, at some point during this year, we find another big move down and we get finally get some kind of a bottom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hope that helps. Anything else? No, that's it from here. Uh, economic uh, reports we covered. Yep. Um, yeah, we got that. <clears throat> it's going to be more okay. manufacturing and employment this week. Yeah. Well, in the minutes, just remember that could be a market mover still, as we've seen in the past. So. Um, all right, you guys have a good one and uh, catch you. Have a good week. Good luck. Thanks.